We're going to wrap up our 2016 SHOT Show interviews. We've got two more that we're going to have. The first one we're going to lead off with Sergeant Major Lance Nutt and Jessica Mesco, who are with the Sheepdog Impact Assistance. You guys are very familiar with them. Talk about them all the time. They're going to get you guys caught up on the latest and greatest of what Sheepdog Impact Assistance has been up to. Also, on that note, something that's not going to be in this interview that um, I want to make sure you guys are aware of uh, for a limited time, if you go to gruntstyle.com and in their little search window, if you just type in Sheepdog, it'll come up. So now through March 7th uh, until 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, Grunt Style is selling limited edition SDI t-shirts and hoodies. And what it's going to do is going to donate $5 from each item purchased. And it's going to go back into the Sheepdog Impact Assistance. And these funds are going to be used to send 35 sheepdogs on the outdoor adventure of a lifetime to Yosemite National Park, May 29th through June 2nd, 2016. So you guys um, can go there and buy those shirts. Uh, they're really cool-looking shirts. Green color and military green in the shirts. Uh, and in, I, don't know, I think the hoodies just came in the military green. But to make sure you go to gruntstyle.com and they've got some other cool stuff there t shirts at Grunt Style. Uh, but this is a limited edition, t- limited edition t shirt for the Sheepdog Impact Assistance to raise money to send 35 sheepdogs on an outdoor adventure of a lifetime to Yosemite National Park. So that'd be really cool if you let hands could uh, take part in that. Uh, that'd be a great birthday present for me. Today is my birthday, so uh, in lieu of you guys sending me money and gifts, uh, just go there and uh, help support Sheepdog Impact Assistance over at, at Run Style. And make sure they know that you're lead heads. Uh, also, on that note, um, Mission 22, uh, go to their website, mission22.com, and uh, they've got some cool shirts and apparel there as well. So uh, uh, you can go there, and in lieu of sending me cake and presents for my birthday, uh, you can donate to Mission 22 by uh, buying their apparel there as well, and let them know that you're legends. So yeah, in addition to the uh, interview with Sergeant Major Lance Knight and Jessica, the Sheep Nugget Pack Assistants, uh, we also get to talk with Joe Haney. Uh, Joe uh, hasn't has ever been on the show before by himself, uh, but we get a chance to sit down and learn a little bit more about 13C Gun Reviews. Uh, that's Joe's company, and a little bit more about uh, what he's got going on and uh, his thoughts on the 2016 SHOT Show. So it was a good time getting to sit down and, and talk with Joe. And that's going to wrap up the 2016 SHOT Show interview. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Uh, This is going to be the last of our two shows a week for a while as well. I've got the the Big Three East event coming up at the end of March. And I'm expecting to get a lot of good interviews and uh, videos from that. It's a two-day event, so not as many uh, probably that I would normally get like at the SHOT Show or something. But um, it'll be my first one. I don't know what to expect. I'm really excited about it. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be the end of March. So for next week, you guys have probably seen the video that I did with High Threat Concealment Ian. I'm going to have those guys on the show for the next episode. And we're going to learn more.
Sheepdog Impact Assistants. You guys hear me talk about them constantly on the show, and we got to meet them last year at SHOT Show about this time. And uh, Lance has joined us, and Jessica is back with us again this year as well. Welcome in, guys. Good to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah. You guys, since we talked to you last, uh, Sheepdog Impact Assistance has really developed. You guys have, have been doing a lot of things. You've been busy. There's been a lot of uh, disasters that you guys have been helping out, taking part in. Get us caught up on where Sheepdog is today. Well, 2015, I think we were talking about it a few minutes ago, uh, was a busy year for a lot of us. Um, and certainly for Sheepdog Impact Assistance, uh, for SDIA, we, uh, we pushed the limit on almost crossing the line of doing too much, that can be said. So it yeah. was uh, but what, what the kind of work that you guys do, it's not too much, you know. Well, no, and we, we, a lot of people ask us uh, why we do so much, and I always come back and say, well, how can you do too much for the men and women that are willing to die for this nation? So, I mean, how do you, how do you tell me that? Right. Well, I've had politicians even say, you know, you guys need to stop doing so much. Um, and, you know, there's there's some validity in that from the standpoint of sometimes it spreads, you spread yourself thin. Right. And uh, it takes away from certain areas where you feel like you need to give a little bit more focus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in the uniqueness of who and what we are as an organization and appreciating that the challenges that individuals face are unique and they're different for each person. So if you try and create this perfect square um, that not everyone fits into, then you've got to adjust. You know, you've got to be able to be flexible enough to make sure you are giving that individual the ability to participate in whatever it is we have to offer to help make them better. We're talking about PTSD a lot of the times. So it's, it's a combat-wounded vet, and we're using the term combat-altered a lot these days, which really defines not just that physical injury, but also that emotional trauma that comes along with the experiences that you have in dealing with combat, right. combat-related experiences. Same for our law enforcement and our fire and rescue men and women out there. You know, the, the, we talk about you know, when the bell rings at the fire station, you don't know if you're running out the door to save a cat in a tree or three little girls trapped in a house fire. Right. Um, the adrenaline rush is the same, and the experience ultimately of having to deal with that time and time again throughout the, the day and that shift really takes a toll on you. Uh, and especially, though, when you get there and it is a house fire with three little girls in it, and ultimately you're carrying out their lifeless bodies later. Um, you know, send my ass back to Fallujah, Iraq all day long. Yeah. Um, I'd much rather experience that than what a fireman has to deal with when it comes to children. Right. And a lot of people don't you know, associate the PTSD with our law enforcement or, they don't. or firemen no. or EMTs, even EMTs. No, it, it, it pisses me off probably more than anything else when I hear people say that because our veterans get a lot. You know, I'm, I'm a veteran of 28 years in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. I, I, of course, we see some bad stuff sometimes. Not all of us, but a lot of us do. You know, whether it's the experience of being there when a friend is shot and killed, um, you know, dealing with seeing civilians cut down in the streets, that's bad stuff. But again, we do it for few months, a few different tours, we come home to our families and we go back to normalcy. Our law enforcement officers and our fire and rescue men and women don't. They right. do it every day on the streets of America, um, days on end, weeks, months, years. years. And, you know, they'll spend, you know, we talk about a law enforcement officer pulling over 20 vehicles a day. No big deal, right? You're being inconvenienced because you decided to roll through a stop sign. Right. 
go a little bit faster than you needed to and endangering everyone around you and not thinking about it. So what happens when that law enforcement officer pulls you over? He walks up to the car. He touches it. He or she touches it with their fingers to leave their fingerprints. Purpose? Because if you end up killing them and law enforcement tracks that vehicle down, they know that this is the vehicle they stopped when that officer died. Now, how does that affect you when you walk up to that vehicle 20 times a day having to think, I might die at this moment? I have to leave my print here because of that. So you're facing the prospect of ending your reality, and we're sitting behind the wheel pissed off because we're now being inconvenienced. So when we talk about PTSD and, you know, if I was a law enforcement officer sitting here talking about it, you know, People might laugh, so you're just whining and complaining. But as a combat veteran myself, sitting here and bringing attention to what our first responders deal with on a daily basis, sometimes it garners a little bit more attention. Uh, And the fact that I appreciate what this nation does for veterans, also saying that we can do a hell of a lot more, that's why we exist as an organization. But we've also, with the name Sheepdog, we are talking about all of society's protectors, our veterans, our first responders, that have all been through something during that time of service that has altered them. Right. And so we're always fighting and looking for ways to make sure we, we give back to them and help them get through those dark times. So talk about the different avenues that you that your organization provides to Sheepdog to continue that instinct, that service. You guys, do, do you, are you set up for active Military, law enforcement. Yes, current, former. Okay. So it's not just former. No, every generation. Okay. It's a World War II vet, Korea, Vietnam, policeman that served 40 years ago. Same with the fire. Okay, active matter. duty currently. Same. Yeah, for them too. Absolutely. There is no, there's no distinction in when the pain starts. Right. You don't have to be out of the service for PTSD to kick in. Right. So the, the ongoing issue that we see in law enforcement. PTSD they're dealing with is on the job. They're going back into that blackness every day a lot. Yeah. Anyone that's currently serving or has served at any point in their life, as long as, long as it was honorable service, we will recognize and assist them. Yeah. Now talk about the different projects and things that you have set up to help them with that. Well, we, we use three key words first to start talking about how. And that's the engaging, finding them and engaging them in a positive way. And we get into, well, what does that mean? And then that's when they begin, we begin the assistance side of it. And ultimately, the goal is to empower, get them back to appreciating that life's not over. If anything, it's beginning anew, and it's time to start kicking its ass again. So in engaging them and by finding and identifying who it is that we're going to help, we offer a few different things here. And it primarily is all about outdoor activities or outdoor adventures, outside. Because when you have PTSD and you go and close that door behind you and you sit down in that chair or that couch or bed or wherever it is, and you're afraid to come back outside and start living your life in a positive fashion, that's when PTSD really grabs you by the throat. And ultimately, for too many, they end up taking their own life. So when we start process of engaging you. It begins with, hey, what is it going to take to get you up off your butt, back outside, living your life? So we do that through, again, what we call outdoor adventures. 
and that's hunting, that's camping, hiking, canoeing, that's uh, skydiving, scuba diving. Tough uh, mudder and tough mudder, Spartan <laughs> races. It's anything and everything that you could possibly imagine that motivates them enough or scares them enough to drive them to come back out and experience the next challenges. I'll use, we've got untold number of stories that we could tell you about the successes we've had with this. I'll use one of our more recent ones was a, a young man that, one, we found because his buddy who was injured on the same day that he was said, you know what, the day I was injured and blown up, there were several of us that were there. We were all air medevaced out, and I've not seen any of these guys since. I want to start finding them. I want to see what's going on in their lives, see if they're struggling the same way I am. So this young man you know, named John Dunaway, he said, um, you know, I've spent the past couple of weeks as we encouraged him to start the process. He finds one of them, a young man's name is Scott, and he's sitting up in an assisted living home in Missouri, a place where old people go to live, right. right? Yeah. Young man, he's in his early 30s. The trauma to him was losing both legs. When he was blown up, they ended up having to take both legs off. And his mindset at that point, we found him with John, was that his life was over. Okay? I've lost my legs. Can't live anymore. He had been a paratrooper in the Army. He joined to serve. He joined because he wanted to jump out of a plane. A little craziness there in our youth, right? Yeah. He loses his legs on patrol in Afghanistan, and he thinks, okay, you know, it's over for me. We find him. We start talking to him about, hey, what would you like to do? You know, we could take you on a hunt. We could take you fishing. We could skydiving. First comment was, well, I can't jump out of a plane anymore. Why can't you? I don't have any legs. What the flying flip does not having any legs have to do with you jumping out of an airplane? Right. We convince him that we're going to bring him down and we're going to throw him out of a plane. No legs. <laughs> strap him to a guy for a tandem jump. John comes along and jumps out of the plane with him as well. You can see him landing on the ground there. Yeah, Jessica just handed me the as he's landing. So imagine now the power of that moment for him as he's weeping like a little baby and sp- giggling and smiling from ear to ear. We're all, you know, crying like little babies, experiencing this with him. Mm-hmm. And it's him. He's getting, discovered his life. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, you're right. What, what was the reason behind me thinking I can't live because I don't have any legs? Right. We, know, we don't give a crap what's happened to you. You know, we all, and that's part of us as an organization made up of men and women that get it. We've all run in the direction of chaos. We understand what that is, and we understand what happens sometimes. Bad things happen. People get hurt. People experience the negative sides of serving. So for him and the experience, that that's just one of those stories. When you look at everything we do when it comes to hunting and fishing and camping and Spartan races and skydiving and scuba diving, you also add that element of disaster response, which is what formed us as an organization. That's the same as everything else. Disaster response missions and hunting trips and skydiving are all the same. It's all about getting out, living your life again through either continued service through a disaster you know, response mission or going and helping a brother fall out of a plane again when he thought that part of his life was over with. So the same experience and understanding that finding a way and a unique way, again, that's why we do so many different activities, is because some guy might be scuba diving. He never thought because of what he experienced that he'd ever be able to follow a dream of learning how to scuba dive. Why? Well, I'm, you know, I'm all jacked up now because of this. Right. That's even more reason for you to live. Less drag. That's 
ass drag. You, if anything, what do you do? You appreciate that you're alive. So why aren't you out there appreciating it to the max? Right. And a lot of times it's because of that PTSD piece. And helping other people appreciate it. Yes. What we refer to as helping is healing. The opportunity to help others through either disaster response or getting a brother out there on a hunting trip again, that's that helping process. And that's where we stop PTSD. And for alpha personalities, which typically are sheepdogs, the men and women that do this for a living, very powerful personalities, right? The last thing they want to do is sit around in a circle singing kumbaya and telling their story. The way they tell their story is when they're jumping out of the plane with a fellow that's been there beside them, done that, understands their pain. And the conversation begins anew as they begin to live again. They understand the importance of having that conversation. So that's the critical element behind everything that we do. And we're every day we're being challenged to do more. Had had, uh, one of our favorite combat wounded vets, a young Marine, Jose, who had gone overseas, had just finished making the MARSOC team, Marine Special Operations Command. He's in his final tour in Iraq, steps on an IED, blows his leg off, severe trauma to his other leg. Now you see him, and he's actually on this flyer as well. It's funny how many of these guys right here deadlifting. About 400 pounds, one leg missing the other. You know, they they basically salvaged it. With a big grin on his face. Big grin on his face. Is that a grimace? I don't know. And you want to talk about a physical specimen. I mean, a... Dude's in shape. He has run five Spartan races with us. He's competed in uh, mass CrossFit competitions and is just absolutely a beast. He calls me the other day and he says, Lance, I know what I want to do. And I've always been terrified of it. Again, you're talking about a Marine willing to run into that. The bullet's flying any day. Right. I want to ride a bull. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> we've never hosted a mini rodeo. Yeah. So we've now identified five other combat altered and first responders injured in the line of duty that said, you know what? I'd be willing to take that on. Yeah. And we've got a young man that lost a leg that actually was a bull rider before he went into the service. And he's like, I'm going to come out and help right. these guys learn. So we're... We're working on the uniqueness. You're, you're identifying, and this is just like our uh, Mission 22, Magnus Johnson was talking about. Uh, Mission 22 is an organization set up to help uh, veteran suicide right. awareness. Uh, is, you know, they help them identify, you know, that, sh- that sheepdog instinct is always there. And it's going to be there, and it's going to activate when it's needed. But this, for the PTSD, it gives them another avenue. It's not an outlet, but just something else that they enjoy and that they're good at. We'll show them something. It's worth living for. Exactly. You know, their life is still there. This is a little bit, this is on top, but there's a book called Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And if you haven't read it, I don't go after a lot of books. I say to go a lot of books. This gentleman was a psychologist uh, just before World War II. He just also happened to be Jewish and got sent to the internment camps. And as a psychologist, while he was there, he was basically watching through. And what this has to do with it was he said at the end, he said, you know, the people who made it all had a purpose. Those are the people. It didn't matter if you were skinny, if you were strong. It didn't matter all these other factors. He said lots of people with purpose still died. He said, but no one without purpose lived. So it's basically getting these guys back into purpose. And, you know, that's what they need, which I, I love what you're doing. I really do. Uh, it, it's outstanding. Uh, you never know when PTSD is going to hit you. Um, I, I walked away from my first couple tours thinking, no problems. I, you know, I knew a lot of my guys had it. A lot of my guys were non-functioning from some of the stuff we saw. 
in, in hospitals and things like that, I thought, I'm, I'm great. It didn't really hit me until I PCS and left the service. And I heard everyone saying, oh, it's going to be tough. And I kind of laughed. I'm like, tough? Yeah, we're going, going to the couch. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, and uh, that, that was a tough time. It was a really tough time. And, and I had more coping mechanisms than most other guys got have. You know, I ended up getting out through it, but uh, I love what you're doing, and I love the focus that, you know, it, there, there's another part to this. It's like you can do something. You can do something. You can help other people, whether they're other veterans or other people. So I applaud you guys and what you're doing. It's awesome. We appreciate that. And when your time of giving back is not over. I mean, until you're in a box dead, buried six feet under, it, it's not over. You're not finished. And, I, you know, one thing I lied about PTSD, and this is kind of one of those things where people talk about, well, let's get you fixed. PTSD doesn't go away. PTSD is very similar to alcoholism or any other you know, disease that has taken hold of your life. And I'm glad you corrected me. I didn't mean to say it. Well, no, and I know. And, it's, yeah. and, and we, want, we want you to feel like it's no longer there, but to appreciate at the same time that it's always going to be there. It's how you deal with it and how you keep it at bay. And that's not by sitting on a couch in your house. That's by getting out and living. That's by getting around other men and women that have experienced, been there, done that with you, and understand what you're going through and give you the opportunity that, hey, you don't want to talk, you don't have to talk. But if you want to, you know you're going to talk to people that get it. So the key to that success and ultimate survival is staying active, never letting yourself fall back into that, the woe is me, I need to go shut myself in and stop. You know, I need to take a break. Now, that's part of the challenge with us in acknowledging our personalities is that we're not good at taking breaks. You know, and going 90 miles of nothing is the key to our success. And my wife digs on me all the time about that, where she's the opposite of me. She survives by taking it easy. <laughs> I survive by going constantly. And ultimately, that's what keeps me focused from the standpoint of not letting PTSD grab hold of me, keep me there. Knowing that that's why we started this organization. I personally needed that, identified it quickly after multiple deployments, and knowing that, one, I was coming close to retirement, and seeing how I was going to struggle as well as I walked away. And saying, okay, what the heck is going to catch me when I begin to fall? Couldn't find it, so what do we do? We start it. We create what we think we need. And what's been fun is the five-year ride and the journey that we've been on is seeing how we've evolved and understanding that disaster response, again, was why we started, but it was stopping and going, why? Why did we have this need? What is it that we were looking for? What is it that we found? And taking the best of that and adding to it. And that's what we've done with our outdoor group. And honestly, who better to help in disasters than military folks? They already have that training. They already have that mindset. They know how to go do a job. They understand all the planning, the operational needs, you know, the logistics behind it. it it's, it's a perfect fit. So you were talking about uh, identifying people that need an organization. Is that through people just calling you up? Telling you, writing you, and say, "Hey, I got this buddy that I think could really benefit from you guys." Well, you know, these people, our people, are the people that say, "I don't want help. I don't need right. help." Right? Yeah, because a lot of them are in this. denial. And even if I know I need help, go help this guy. He needs it more than I do. Yeah. So, I'd say 99% of the guys we've helped, it was because somebody in their department knew, somebody in their unit knew, and said, "Hey, I heard about this organization. I really think." It, it truly is. It started, when we look at the very first two young men that we helped start to make the transition, 
it was challenging them to tell us the names of two more. Hey, Nick, I know you know two guys that know this. Hey, Sebastian, I know you know two guys. And it grew from there. And the key now to what we call, you know, the mentor success of our outdoor adventures and our overall mission is that when we host an event, two-thirds of the individuals there are alumni, meaning they are men and women that we've already helped before, that we, and we keep them engaged. That's the key to it's not the one and done. Right. It's not bringing you on the hunt and go, hey, it was good meeting you, John. Have a good life. Yeah. No, yeah. it's, hey, when are we doing the Spartan race together? When are you going to go when jump out of a plane with us? Yeah. Yes. When are you doing that Here's next? what we've got coming up. Which one of these do you want to do? Every yeah. month throughout the year, we have 14 different events scheduled in 2014. What's your excuse when it comes to you saying, well, you know, I don't, it scares me. Well, I got something else for you. Don't like jumping out of a plane? Well, how about fishing? Yeah, you like to fish. So whatever that might be, it's, but it's that key of two-thirds of the people there, alumni, one-third are brand new. Guys and gals we've never, you know, helped before. And now the mentor process begins as well. It's that rubbing shoulders of guys and gals that have been there but also have been with us and understand how this process works. So that's the key, I think, to because then when we get those new guys and gals in, right. what's the last thing we say to them? Two things. When are you going with us next, and who are you bringing with you? So that, and, but we need we need help in identifying more. And that could easily be a mother, a father, a daughter, a brother, a sister, whatever it is, a girlfriend, boyfriend. I have someone that needs you. A neighbor. I have someone that could use what you offer. And then it's the, ultimately the process of vetting, figuring out how we can help them if we can, and uh, getting them engaged to whatever level possible. Well, I know our listeners uh, out there have you know, hundreds, if not thousands, of people that they could uh, turn you on to. You know, That's exactly right. Turn, turn their people on to you. Let's how do they do that? Let's challenge the leadheads. Let's give them a number. Let's do that. That's, that's what we want. Let's challenge them. Yeah. Let's say, give us this many. What's the number? Uh, you know how many letters uh, you got. I mean, so five, what? 500 shouldn't be yeah. unrealistic at all. So, But how many can they bring in? You know, how many names should we get referred to? Well, and that's the thing. How many people are sitting there thinking, well, I know this guy, but I don't know that you really know this guy. <laughs> We're the people that make our coffee. If you have gotten the impression that somebody is needing some assistance like this, yeah. it's way worse than you know. It's time to talk about it. And it's and ultimately, from that standpoint, encouraging them to want to take a closer look at us, understanding who and what we are. But when it comes to recommending someone, it's just that from the standpoint that when I say, "Hey, John, you know, I've, I've told Sheepdog Impact Assistance about you, and they're going to be calling." Um, well, no, when they call, I'm, I've got somebody I know that needs it more than I do. Mm-hmm. It's that denial process where. For every 10 guys and gals we talk to, we ultimately probably end up truly engaging one of them because the others are so hard to break down in a way that we need. So um, I think the importance of the recommendation is, one, don't hesitate to recommend. Don't be afraid to nominate someone, but ultimately give us a chance to try and engage them and get them out there. And as we continue to grow and offer more, obviously that's why it's so critical from a sponsorship standpoint is, hey, if we're going to take in – hundred new guys and gals and get them out there and get them involved, we've got to create the programs and we've got to fund that at the same time. So that's that's the type of challenge we want, though. Yeah. So, and that's where... Bring it on. Bring it. You bring know, it. Because that enables You'll us to go to our sponsors and say just that, hey, we're bringing on a hundred new people. you got to step up your game. So, 
let's, let's make it a part of that. How are you guys funding this right now? Well, we're at a 501c3 for one as a nonprofit. And we take a lot of pride in the fact that we do not use tax money. We do not take state or federal funding. Makes it a little bit more challenging, but also it, it enables us to stay flexible. Because when you start taking tax dollars, there's a lot of constraints that come yeah. with them. So everything that we bring in is private donations, corporate sponsorships, and fundraising. You know, that we go out and do ourselves. Our teams and chapters all over the country help us with. Uh, and ultimately, the key to that success has been our sponsors, sponsors of hunts, sponsors that take us out and help us fund our skydiving and scuba diving expeditions. Uh, we have a huge, well, we do a, we do one really big outdoor adventure extravaganza a year. 2015, we did the Tunnels to Towers race in New York City, lower Manhattan, right after September 11th. That was dedicated to a fireman that ran three miles with all of his gear and equipment on to get to the World Trade Center so he could serve with his brothers and sisters that got called out that day and ultimately ran into those buildings and died. That's the sheepdog mindset. So we used that race as an opportunity to take a trip to New York. We took 35 combat altered and first responders injured in the line of duty that joined and served because of September 11th, whereas all of them but two had never been to Ground Zero, never been to the place that ultimately launched them into a life of service and ultimately led also to their injuries, to the trauma that they were dealing with. This year is Yosemite National Park. The National Park Service is celebrating their centennial 100 years of existence, and Yosemite National Park has selected us for Memorial Day weekend as their veteran-based organization of choice to recognize Memorial Day weekend where we're going to bring in 35 to 45, again, combat altered, first responders. We, we call our sheepdogs in need to Yosemite National Park for a week-long adventure expedition run by the Park Service where they let these guys and gals get out and see the park in a way that no one else can. That'd be fantastic. Being in nature's cathedral, the, the majesty of this place, place. Uh, without a doubt. That outdoor again living where they're going to climb and hike and, you know, they'll be able to canoe and swim in the great outdoors, but in a place that will absolutely take your breath away. So how can people help? Well, they can go to our website um, and investigate us a little bit more because I truly don't want anyone giving us money and supporting us that doesn't believe in our mission. So that's the, the most important part, appreciating the fact that we're not just veterans, we're not just policemen or firemen, we're all of society's protectors and the focus behind our mission. So going to our website, figuring out where they see the ability to, one, volunteer, become a member. Anyone that has served honorably, is serving, has served, can join as a member, which gives you the ability to vote and drive and push this organization to be more. Anyone can be a volunteer. You don't have to have any sort of service background. You can be someone that just believes in the mission or has a loved one that has served, and this is an opportunity for you to give back. So that time is invaluable. You know, we can't get enough of that. Financial support, it could be $5, it could be $500, it doesn't matter. Uh, In-kind support with the types of gear and equipment that we need to be successful on these expeditions, whether it's ammunition or a backpack so that we can take these guys to Yosemite. Um, There's all sorts of ways to get engaged with us from a standpoint of support. But ultimately, again, the financial support is critical and when it comes to paying for plane tickets, et cetera. Uh, Yosemite, for example, on average, it's going to cost us about $850 per person that we take. So someone could adopt a person. They could adopt to pay for part of that trip, whatever sure. it might be. But they could also look on there and go, you know what, I've got property for hunting. 
I'd love to host four of those sheep dogs yeah, to come out and donate their space. time and the space. Yeah. Um, they could say, you know, I've, I'm, I'm a dive master. You know, I've got a special place that I can take these individuals and get them back in the water experiencing life again. Whatever that might be. If you see a, or a unique way, we had some guys come up to us today and say, we've got special hunting expeditions up in Alaska. We'd love to sponsor four or five of your guys and gals to get them up to Alaska. Say, we're going to go to the sponsors and help you find the means to get them there. Um, so we it's encourage anyone to reach activities out activities that can be oh, anything, everything organized. organized. Now, I will touch on just for a moment that we also have our a unique holiday mission mm-hmm. where we adopt sheepdog families in need at Thanksgiving where we provide them with a full Thanksgiving meal. This past Thanksgiving, we adopted more than 70 sheepdog families across the country that had those unique needs and were not going to be able to feed their family at Thanksgiving dinner. Right. We took care of them. And that could be any sheepdog. Exactly. It doesn't have to be combat wounded. It could be one that's just for whatever reason is suffering and struggling through life at that moment. At Christmas, we specifically adopt the children of sheepdog families that are struggling. Each child gets to fill out a Christmas wish list of their top three toy choices, their clothing and shoe sizes, and within reason we get them everything on that list. Spend an average of about $150 per child. We did more than 400 children this Christmas taking care of them through the holidays. Again, it it comes down to we had a case where a fireman was on duty, had been called out to a fire, and what does he get a phone call about? How is his house is on fire and burning to the ground. We adopted that family for Christmas, took care of all of the kids. Six kids. Six kids. Six kids. Made sure they had a full Thanksgiving meal so that the the family went to in-laws and didn't have to worry about anyone cooking anything. We brought it to them to make sure, hey, just enjoy being alive, enjoy being together as a family. Especially that time of year. That time of year is what it's all about. Kind of stress. Yes. For anybody, that time of year trying to provide for your family the things you want to give them can be stressful. Now, what if... What if a guy's struggling with his bills? What if he has an injury? What if he's on disability and it's just in a particularly rough spot? This is a way for us to reach out and say, look, I understand things are hard. Let me at least make sure you can enjoy this time with your family. That's probably the only area where we deviate a little bit from our mission, and that's just because we've seen and realized that Thanksgiving and Christmas, for a lot of our guys and gals with PTSD, when they're going through a hard time, that's when they hit rock bottom. That's when, unfortunately, sometimes they really start to falter. And we're trying to make it a little bit more unique from the standpoint of helping the whole family win. You know, we're also considered starting a program this year that where we target the caregiver. You know, that spouse or loved one that's taking care of that sheepdog in need that's been struggling physically, emotionally. They're going, they're going through a lot, too. Um, the caregiver sometimes suffers more than the one yeah. that they're taking care of. So um, we're, we're continu- continuing to grow and morph, but we'll, Focusing on staying true ultimately to what we are all about. Right. Finding unique ways to give back to the men and women that are willing to sacrifice all for us. For those of us that are sitting on our butts taking everything we have for granted, these are the men and women that make that possible. I love to focus on the caregiver too because you know a lot of people forget about that. That person's you know that that person's got a huge job, and usually that same person, you know, they went through some type of trauma, whether it was mental trauma or whatever, because they knew that person was on the other end. They're they hearing about them getting wounded. They're hearing about them. They weren't home. You know, I tell everybody, you know, even my wife, you know, I had it easy because I always knew when I was in danger. Kind of like what you're talking about with our police force right now. You know, they don't know if danger is going to jump at them at any moment. You know, we, we generally downrange. We knew when we were in danger, and we knew when we were hanging out on the fob. Um, you know, that's
that's not the case for the caregivers and, and like you mentioned, the police officers and the first responders. Very good. So tell everybody again your website and the opportunities that they have to donate, give back to you guys, sign up as volunteers, Absolutely. refer um, people that they know are in need. We can get all of that information. It's a sheepdogia.org, so sheepdogia.org. And I've said it a hundred times on the show, so we get we get it out just about every show. Uh, try to mention it. Our, our listeners are well aware, but for the ones who aren't, you have apparel there that they can buy in hats and shirts and things like that. That um, we do. That's go towards uh, the donation type. The easiest way to explain that's like our Girl Scout cookie program. There you go. What <laughs> cookies have to do with the Girl Scouts? You know, yeah. well, it's their fundraising program. Yeah. And when you think about the people that we're helping, well, tactical gear is our audience. So we've got our a tactical website. It's SDIA. It stands for Sheepdog IA. So. SDIATactical.com is where you can find all of our hats, gear, all the cool little fleeces and knives. Sheepdog swag. Sheepdog swag, and it is it is cool, awesome swag. I've got uh, mini shirts and mini hats uh, that, that I rock myself. And people keeping in mind that uh, I'm not the type of person that usually would give $100 to someone and wondering where it goes. I always say, well, if you're going to give us 100 bucks, go buy a $100 pair of boots off our website, and we're going to get 40 50 bucks from you. So right. it's, uh, you know, to Jessica's point of that Girl Scout cookie program and the fact that uh, we're always looking for unique ways to raise revenue, 100% of the money that is made from the sale of those items comes back to us for mission accomplishment. There is no fat cat businessman that's putting that money in his pocket. It's going to fund our missions 100%. So you may spend a dollar or two more buying it from us, but we hope you understand that when you buy it from us, it's going back into our effort. And you're going to make yeah. the things that and really your, your prices aren't going down. Right? No, it, I mean it's MSRP. <laughs> you're just not going to get any sale discount type stuff. But yeah. uh, so at least check us out. I mean, uh, you know, whether it's proper 511 at SOG, you name it, uh, we look forward to offering it through some of our partner sponsors like that. Well, seriously, you're wearing our brand new calendars. I love, love this hat. Nice red hat. Yeah, Lance hooked me up yesterday. Yeah, we did, we did a little swap program. So. <laughs> but seriously, guys, uh, consider volunteering, uh, joining, become part of the call, Sheepdog IA. Check them out. Thanks, guys, for being on. Appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Nordic Components is an American-owned manufacturing company proud to produce quality products right here in the USA. As a company, we continually invest in our manufacturing capabilities to ensure that all of our products are the highest quality and most efficiently produced parts available. The Nordic Components business consists of two segments, manufacturing and sales. Our manufacturing business works to provide custom machine components for a variety of applications with our specialty being firearm components. The sales business produces lines of branded firearm accessories to enhance and elevate the shooting experience. We are a company owned and operated by individuals devoted to shooting sports, and many of us shoot competitively. We attend and sponsor a number of events around the country each year where we listen to you, the consumer, and are proud to say that all of our firearm components are a direct result of your input. As a firearms accessory provider, our aim is simple. Provide shooting enthusiasts with innovative products of uncompromising performance and reliability. Nordic Components. Check us out at nordiccomp.com. Welcome back to the 
Talking Lead coverage of 2016 SHOT Show, sponsored by the Artificial Shoulder Pocket, ASP.co. And we are at day three, and I'm starting to lose my voice, but I still got it. I've warmed it up, had a few interviews so far, and uh, my good buddy Joe Haney with 13C Gun Reviews has dropped in to join us today. He's, this is your first time on the show, right? Um, standalone, yeah. Standalone. <laughs> standalone, yeah. <laughs> Cool. So, give us your take on the show so far, man. Uh, so far, it's a good show. I mean, it takes uh, even bigger, you know, this year than it normally is. So, there's quite a lot of ground to cover. Um, you know, I, I've, I've done well this time. I've made all my appointments. I've missed any, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, Did you make fewer appointments so you could make all of them? Is it? <laughs> no. The past two days, I mean, I was just running from appointment to appointment. Uh, really? Yeah, and barely, barely hitting them. Uh, which, so, it, that worked out well. The downside to it is... I've, I've covered much less of, you know, the, I wanted to walk a lot more of the floor. So right. I'm really trying to make that up to you. You had an opportunity to actually see anything because you're on the go, on the go, on the go. And there's yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I've made a few, you know, two, three-minute pit stops here and there, um, right. you know, and, and some, you know, made some notes on things I want to follow up on. And hopefully I can do that maybe a little bit later today and part of the day tomorrow before I have to leave. What's the coolest thing you've seen so far? Besides me. Uh, yeah, bes- besides you. Besides um, me, what's the coolest thing you've seen at Shot Show? Um, <laughs> and it's not the free ammo truck either. I, I, I would say you know, it's, it's something maybe out of the realm of other people haven't seen it. Safety Harbor Firearms has a booth in the back. Okay. And they've got, uh, and I got to see in person, uh, their uh, telescoping stock for the uh, MPX, okay. which is actually really well made. It fits up and meets very nicely. So I thought that was uh, pretty cool. I don't, I don't have an MPX. It's right. not really on my radar right now, but, uh, but it's cool. It, it's cool, yeah. And it was just something that kind of caught my eye as I was walking by. I actually thought they were, you know, I had something else on there because when I first looked at it, it looked like right. I thought for a second, oh, they got one of the new ones. But no, it's it's their own image on it. So oh, okay. there are those little niche things that you find along the way that are, yeah. you know, that if you're not paying attention, you can easily gloss over. That's typically what I look for is, you know, I'll go off the deep path, so to speak, and I'll look for these uh, up-and-coming Companies, mom and pop type companies, because mm-hmm. um, they're usually the ones that are bringing the innovation to our industry. Because you know, they're, you know, they've got something new. You know, they're trying to break in, not doing the same old, same old. You know, they're, they're trying to bring something fresh, new to the industry. And you know, that's usually where you find those those products. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the smaller companies, you go to the bigger companies. You know, it's cigarette, and they're not a dig on stick at all. It's just when you get that large, right. there, there's a process, and you have to go through approval processes, and it take them a year, year and a half to bring. Stock. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at you know a smaller company like that, I think you know, I was talking to uh, his name's something I might off the top of my head, but you know, he pointed out yeah they were able to bring some market license in weeks, and for that kind of turnaround time, uh, you know to actually have them out there, that was really uh, yeah, that's that's quite impressive. So, yeah. I mean, there are a number of companies out there that do things like that. Talking so. <laughs> about the Budstock guys, that we were talking about who, who six with a six is that? Oh oh no no. Um, I was still talking about the stock from Safety Harbor, but okay. they were able to bring that out in, is that like six, seven weeks, something like that, as opposed to, you know, how they, how they, how they manufacture it, do you think? Um, 3D printed, or what is it? Um, it's mostly metal. There, there, there's some polymer parts to it as well, but there's some metal parts on there as well. And it mates up to the back and actually kind of connects uh, where it secures up, so it's uh, it appears mostly seamless on the outside. So, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't look like a kind of junky bolt-on thing, but it's streamlined and actually shaped to the contour of the, uh, of the actual uh, rear of the receiver. Okay, cool. 
Yeah, so little little things like that, of course. Uh, you know, AR-500 armor has a Mandalorian, Mandalorian armor down there, which is I haven't which is pretty cool. to their booth yet. We're getting ready to head down there, so yeah, definitely check that out over there. Yeah, they've got they've got some cool stuff. Awesome. things out there as well. So. Cool. What's uh, what's next on your agenda for today? Um, today I've got uh, one or two more meetings, and that's it. Thank goodness. So hopefully I have at least another two or three hours here to walk the floor and actually check out some more stuff. So for our, our listeners who aren't familiar with Thirteen uh, C, gun reviews, tell us a little bit who you are. What, where they get in touch with you? Oh, sure. Yeah. So Thirteen uh, C Gun Reviews. You can go to Thirteen C Gun Reviews dot com. Thirteen C dot us is uh, kind of the short link. We also have a link to the same place. We do uh, articles, blogs, videos on YouTube as well. You can find all the links there. Thirteen C dot us. And you guys cover the canine world and animals and. Gun reviews, yeah, yeah, pretty much gun reviews, firearms yes. reviews. Um, we, we we get into some politics over there as well, which is kind of oh, we don't do that here. Yeah, I talked that dirty word, man. <laughs> well, well, that's a th- you know, th- th- there are you know different groups you know out there. You know, everybody's everybody, got their niche. Everybody's yeah, everybody's got their niche, yeah. and I, I I like to kind of cover all of it. So you know, when you see me, you get the real me. You know, it, it's I, I don't filter out my uh, uh, liberty, man. Li- my, my my liberty side comes through strong. So you, you got to do what makes you happy. Absolutely. Yeah, and now all I have to do is report to myself. So you know, beat myself up if I do something stupid. But there you go. What's the What's the coolest um, in the past year? Would you say what's the coolest um, article or project that you've covered in the firearms industry? Um, this past year, yeah. what stands out the most to you? Your 2015 year. We're just now in 2016. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, th- I think one of the things, the biggest things I had on it, it might have been the tail end of. Possibly, um, but um, most of it happened in 2015. Was with APMS G3. Mm-hmm. Um, that rifle has got a lot of feedback, and it's really surprised me. It's, it, it's done. Uh, it's done very Tell well. Tell me about it. I'm not familiar with it. So the the G2, the G2 version of the recon, they they basically took uh, the, the 308 AR platform and did a lot. Of, they changed uh, changed the bolt carry around. They changed mm-hmm. a number of different things in it. Most of the uh, exterior parts are going to be transferable. But they changed uh, the length of the bolt carrier, things like that. So it, it has a, it has a specific size charging handle, which is sort of a downside. But the increased kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, well, I, and I, th- I think at this, at this point, with the reception it's having, I think this is one or two companies are looking over there to make them for them. I know Promes really has a approach to make a, an extra charging handle for it. Yeah. Um, so I don't think there'll be an issue there. Is it just a standard? Uh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. Chain, it's not yeah. Like just kind of standard latch or anything like that. No. But you could add. Is it got the the basic rear, the rear where you can add a latch if you wanted to. Or yeah, yeah, you could pop the pin out, I suppose, yeah. and uh, try and put another put one. Put a latch on there. Yeah, um, okay. yeah, it's like standard air traffic. That's, I don't. It's not that huge of a deal. Yeah, I kind of like handles handles anyway, just in case. I, I like the extra length thing, you know, especially yeah. with the 308 platform. You know, people are probably gonna be popping scopes on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I did. So I, I did some oh. testing with that Scar 17. I put the two of them side by side, kind mm-hmm. of, and. Uh, it's 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 holding its own. I mean, you know, the Scar 17 is still my favorite 308 right, semi-automatic rifle. Yeah, yeah I, I love that thing. But uh, the G2 is you know holding right up there at pace. So you uh, check out uh, Nordic Components. They are starting to manufacture. They just uh, released it here at Shasho. Show. Uh, they're down in the Viridian booth. They've got uh, the Viridian Lasers is featuring a product on uh, Nordic Components rifle systems that they have, and they've got a 308 down there. Really nice. And uh, Vortex. As one of their 308s, uh, got their scopes and they're featured in their booth over there too. So cool. Yeah. Check out Nordic Heard of them? I, I have heard of them. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen their booth yet. But I'll well, 
other outbound fighters. Oh, they're just in the vortex. Yeah, those two boosts are featuring their their rifles there. They've got 300 blackout. They've got a 556 308, and they've got the 22. Uh, got SBR 22 in our platform. Yeah, I'm glad to see more of these. I see a lot more. Not that I'm a huge 9mm AR guy, yeah. but you know that market's taking off. There are a lot more options. There are a lot more companies that are making dedicated lowers for it, rather than having that you know obnoxious mag block go up in there. Go up in standard lower. Yeah. Um, pull holes for that. Speaking of the nines, um, Kalashnikov USA has uh, no meter AK. I I've been meaning to drop by their booth and at least see it. Yeah. Because um, I haven't seen it's it. It's pretty sweet. Yet, but yeah. It's pretty cool looking. You like, liked it? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll have to go by there and see it. Well, and then they got their uh, competition shotgun down there, Sengato shotgun. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Very good. Colored and new. All right. Well, I saw him last night. We were. Uh, yes. Yeah, we went to a little uh, event with uh, a bunch of. Everybody. Yeah, everybody, there. everybody was there. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. So that was in the room. It was a good time. It was. It was. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. And yeah, thank you guys for uh, being part of that. Oh, I had a pleasure, man. Oh, that's what that, that original party thing would have worked out. That would have been really cool. That was awesome. Yeah, 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 that was a lot of fun. Did um, did Mike end up giving out the t-shirts? Thirteen seventy six. Yes. Yeah, he did. Okay, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those I don't are, think I was there for that. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love the guys who are seventeen seventy six. They're great. They, they make great clothing, but they're also you know I've spent you know time talking to them and they're just oh, yeah. they're just awesome. An awesome group of people over there. They are. Yeah, they do. Our t-shirts. Oh, very nice. Talking about t-shirts. Stuff, it was great. Now I got it. 
Joe, thank you so much for being in. Oh, absolutely, man. It's a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, make sure you check him out and uh, go to his Facebook page, like it, and post on his uh, page, Leadhead is here. And that would be fun. For sure. That's awesome. And if you guys have uh, anything you're looking for that you'd like to see me look at, feel free to post it up there either on Facebook or Instagram. I'm, I'm checking them, uh, even though I'm not posting too much on Facebook while I'm here. I'm checking them, you know, and trying to go through some of these uh, suggestions people have. That way we've, uh, it's been a big thing we've been doing over this past oh, yeah. several months. It's getting more interactive with our subscribers, yeah. and uh, and I, I think it's actually taking the, uh, the content to you know another level. So it's not just right. things that I'm interested in, but well, so you got to find out what people want to hear about. You know, <laughs> you know, maybe they're not interested in hearing your stuff. Yeah, well, well, you know, it's, it's yeah, like, hey, what do you guys want to get fat? Because yeah. you know, some of the stuff I like, probably should do that for my show, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that. Never found that J2. I had so many people asking me about 308 rifles right. and something more budget minded. And I would have never stumbled upon that if it wasn't for subscribers kind of pushing me. And I, I love getting feedback from our, from our listeners. I'm, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I love the feedback. But uh, so the suggestions in the comments. Okay. So, and generally, I, f- I found them helpful. So, you know, it, it's, it's a good way for you know them to help me too because certain things that aren't necessarily on my radar, mm-hmm. it puts it on there. And I look at it. Hey, you know, that's actually really cool. That's why I like talking to guys like you, too, because I mean, you, there's so much, so many of us out there, and there's so many different products out there that, you know, there's no way that one uh, one company could cover everything. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, good. talking with you and listening to your experiences and things that you see, you know, that fills me in on gaps that I'm missing, too. So. Absolutely. Yeah, there, there's 1,600 booths here. 1,600 oh, booths. It's, it's yeah, insane. There's and I've seen, not enough time. So. I've seen 10. <laughs> Very funny. I apologize for my voice on this. So Way too much loud talking. So it was, uh, so it was like those five <laughs> craps tables. Nice. Very nice. I purposely stayed away from them. My, I think my last minute in Vegas, you know, dropped a quarter in the slot there you just go. to say I did it yep. and then get out because I've got that. That's smart. You've seen some of my videos and stuff where I actually, you know, really test things thoroughly. Yeah. I have that little OCD streak in me, and if I get started on I'm, I'm worried that's going to turn out bad. I don't want to go home bankrupt. I hear you. Well, again, Joe, thanks for coming by. Oh, thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure. SDI's 32 semester credit hour certificate program in gunsmithing and 60 credit hour associate of science and firearms technology degree program can work hand in hand and are the most complete training programs of their kind. SDI strives to give you the best quantity and quality of professional gunsmithing information and tools. These programs are perfect for students interested in careers in the firearms industry or for those who are interested in owning their own gunsmithing business. Our programs are delivered via distance learning, which allows our students to maintain full-time jobs, families, military service, and more while working towards their degree or certificate. The Sonoran Desert Institute mission is adding value to our students' lives by providing innovative, relevant, and applicable workplace-driven education through distance-delivered instructions. Visit them at sdi.edu. That wraps up the artificial shoulder pocket talking web coverage of the 2016 SHOT Show. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I'll be releasing some of these episodes again in some of my upcoming episodes, especially the one with Mikey Hartman with Hartman Optics. CA tackled the last call from the first interview
you'll be a winner. All right, Leadheads, as always, keep your loved ones close and your firearms closer.